all you guys and gals, you hepcats, cool kittens, you diesel-powered disciples of cool. This is Tales from the Flipside on the Diesel Punk Podcast, and I am your host, the king of swing, the tower of power, the diesel punk prophet of pop culture, the artist also known as Big Daddy Cool. This is John Pica. You can call me Johnny, and I am coming to you live from our brand new temporary studios the BDC Entertainment Studios in Gallatin, Tennessee, and I am here to talk about Star Wars fans and my general frustration. Now, before we do that, we've got to recognize this week's sponsor. Our sponsor for this episode, returning, is Swap.com. Swap.com, they are the world's largest online consignment shop and you know with prices going through the roof in retail if you want to look swank on a budget then you need to check out swap.com they've got eight to ten thousand brand new items every day and the best part is no question asked returns and because you're a listener to this show, you can get 40% off plus free shipping. That's right, 40% off plus free shipping. So if you want to look totally swank like Big Daddy Cool, check out swap.com. All you got to do is go to swap.com slash flipside40. And use our promo code and take 40% off and um, get free shipping on your first order. That's swap.com slash flipside40. So check them out. All right. I got a bone to pick. You guys know we did a review of The Last Jedi on the Diesel Punk podcast. And the Diesel Punk community in general has really embraced this film in a big way. Uh, Eric Fisk, our buddy Tony Snipes, and many others on Diesel Punks and on the uh, different uh, forums and whatnot have uh, really fallen in love with the Diesel Punk aesthetic. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what Diesel Punk is, it's really simple. It is the art, style, and culture of the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and 50s mashed up, fused with contemporary science fiction, future technology, alternate technology, alternate history, fantasy, magic, something that turns history on its side and turns it into retrofuturism. And retrofuturism is something that sees the world of tomorrow through yesterday's eyes. And to be diesel punk, it's got to be contemporary in origin, meaning that it was made since the end of the historic diesel era, uh, 1957 onward. It's got to have decodents, the aesthetics and the style of the era, and it's got to have science fiction, fantasy, and some element of counterculturalism, pushback, celebration of the anti-hero, etc. And Star Wars, the saga in general, fits all of those criteria. And we can we can split hairs about you know which films are more diesel punk than others, but in general the 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 consensus is that The Last Jedi is maybe the most diesel punk of the saga films. Now, 
uh, is Star Wars a movie that I would hand someone and say, hey, this is diesel punk. If you want an example of diesel punk, this is it. Uh, maybe not the first time out. I would hand them Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. But, you know, as, as they become more exposed to the genre, familiar with the elements down the line. Oh, and hey, by the way, you may have noticed that the Star Wars saga was influenced by the serials of the 30s and 40s, Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon, and... Um, and, and man, it looks very retro. And, you know, does it fit diesel punk? I would say, why, yes, it does, young Padawan. Lesson well learned. Now, I don't normally participate in the online fan forums or, or the Facebook pages or groups. But lately, I just kind of got curious. And so I joined a couple of groups and I've been reading some comments and I'm shocked that fans are so split over The Last Jedi and the direction that it went in. And I'm just going to rant here for a little bit. So if I ramble on, you'll forgive me. So this is kind of free form. I don't have any notes. But the biggest problem that I see is one that I've talked about on this podcast and on uh uh, Rebel Force Radio and others, and that is that fans have this delusional expectation about what Star Wars is and their ownership of it. And that's where it really starts, is they, they have this delusional sense of ownership, like they actually control the characters or have some kind of ownership in the characters and the simple fact of the matter is it's not your story it's George Lucas's story and now it's Lucasfilm's story whether that be under the direction of Kathleen Kennedy or Pablo Hidalgo or Bob Iger at Disney whoever is leading the helm you know Ryan Johnson JJ Abrams Ron Howard Whoever it is, it is now their story to tell. It is not your story, and you do not own the characters. So you don't get a say in what happens to the characters and, and what direction they go. And that leads us to you know two other elements in, in this rant, and that is this expectation that Star Wars should be something other than what it is. We, we saw this primarily with The Phantom Menace, which if you guys have been listening to this show for a long time, you know that I am a Phantom Menace fan. I am a prequel apologist, and I am a big fan of Jar Jar Binks. And the reason is because Jar Jar Binks turned my kids into Star Wars fans. And yes, he's silly and he's annoying, but when you look back at the original uh, films, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, they had cute, funny, and annoying characters too. C-3PO, R2-D2, the Ewoks, and, and, you know, they served a very specific purpose as the comic foil. They, you know, they were there to connect with the target audience, which George Lucas has always said was 12-year-old boys. And so that's the role that Jar Jar fills. 
Jar Jar is silly and annoying, but kids love that character. And whether you want to admit it or not, he was one of the most successfully merchandised characters of the Phantom Menace, of the entire Star Wars saga. Only Yoda and the Ewoks got more merchandising dollars out of them. Kids love Jar Jar. My 14-year-old daughter recently, we were watching an episode of The Clone Wars, and it was a Jar Jar Mace Windu episode, and she said, I love Jar Jar. He's so funny. And I replied, oh, you Misa think I'm funny. That's right, folks. I do Jar Jar impressions. Available for your bar mitzvah, wedding, or other event. So, so... From that aspect, I, you know, I'm a Jar Jar fan. I'm a prequel apologist. And we can get into the the politics and the stilted or awkward love story in Attack of the Clones. I think that that awkwardness was entirely intentional and a product of the characters and their upbringing and their background. You have Anakin who is, you know, whisked away at a young age to become a Jedi. He's trained not to have any personal attachments, not to develop any relationships. The only relationship he's ever had is with his mother, with his owner, Watto, and with his master, Obi-Wan. He's never had any kind of long-term relationship with anybody else, especially not a woman. And when he experiences the emotion of love, he has zero context to understand how to deal with it and what to do in that situation. At the same time, Padme has been in politics her entire life. She was queen at age 13 or 14. She has been groomed to use logic and policy and to place that above emotion and relationships every time. And so when you put her into that situation where she's feeling romantic attachment and love with a, a man, something that she's never had experience with, she's going to be awkward. Now you put those two in a room together, they are they are desperately in love with each other, but they have no context. They have no idea how they're supposed to go about this. It's never been modeled for them or taught to them. I believe that's why that love scene and, and those sequences in the script were so awkward in Attack of the Clones. It is because they had to be to communicate the awkwardness of the characters. And it frustrates me that other people don't see that. But so above and beyond that, the, the expectation was in the prequels that, that the Star Wars movies would age with the fans. So yes, we had silly and annoying characters in in. A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and, and Return of the Jedi. But then, you know, between what what was it, 1983, 1984, and 1999, fans grew up. And the only Star Wars there was was the expanded universe. And it started with the Timothy Zahn novels, which I love. Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, Last Command. I love Forces of One, Allegiance. I love Vision of the Future, Spectre of the Past. I love Outbound Flight. I love everything Timothy Zahn has written for Star Wars. But that, that was not the story George wanted to tell with the prequels. Okay, we get it. We can live with that. We're going to get Anakin's story, How We Became Darth Vader. 
And so automatically there's this assumption by fans that because they've grown up, that George's vision has grown up with them and become more mature and become grittier and darker and more violent and brutal. And that's never what George intended. He went back to his roots. The story very much stayed along the lines of his original vision, a sci-fi adventure movie for 12-year-old for boys. And, and to make it less heavy, because there were a lot of politics in it, and there was a lot of you know socioeconomic, uh, you know, overtones in it. He had to add some things to lighten it up and to connect with his target audience. Jar Jar is one of those things. Um, the uh, the some of the some of the flatulent humor was one of those things. Do I appreciate that? No. But does it connect with my kids? Yes. Um, the pod race. I hated the pod race when I first saw it. Now, granted, I was in 1999. I was what 29 years old, and, and I was well beyond pod racing. Now, when I watch it with my kids, it's a spectacular scene. It's so rich. There's so much that you get out of the characters. Plus, it's pretty thrilling. It's pretty exciting. But that is not what fans expected. Fans wanted it to go dark. They wanted it to go, you know, more mature. So, so because that it didn't go in that direction, they hate the prequels. Okay, whatever. You're not a real fan. If you don't love the prequels, you're not a real fan. There I said it, and you can blame um, Kyle Newman for that quote. I'm quoting Kyle Newman from Rebel Force Radio. You can send all your hate mail to uh, Rebel Force Radio, attention, Jason Swank, and Jimmy Mack. But, you know, Kyle Newman is the first to say it, and I agree with him. If you hate the prequels, then you hate Star Wars. You are not a fan. So, there you have it. Rogue One, we got a little bit more of that grown-up style that fans were wanting. And and Rogue One for my for my money my the the two best Star Wars movies are Empire Strikes Back followed by Rogue One and then for me it's a tie it's a tie between the Phantom Menace which I love and the Last Jedi which I really enjoyed so let's talk about the Last Jedi for a minute again the 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 expectation. Since Revenge of the Sith to The Force Awakens, fans had pretty much immersed themselves in the expanded universe. And let's face it, the expanded universe became so large and so convoluted that it was important that Lucasfilm be able to be unencumbered by that. So, a little history lesson here, guys. Comic-Con San Diego... 2014, Hall H, you guys can go back and watch the tape, Kathleen Kennedy, the CEO of Lucasfilm, along with Pablo Hidalgo, the leader of the Lucasfilm story group, said publicly in front of the audience, as of August 14th, or August 2014, as of August 2014, the expanded universe is no longer canon. It is being relegated to legends status. 
and the only thing that will be canon will be the six films, the Clone Wars animated series. At that time, there were only six films. Six films, Clone War animated series, Rebels, and anything published in print or digital form from August 2014 forward. Now, they did have to revise that a little bit. And they, they Pablo Hidalgo had to, to issue a statement that because there were some elements in the novelizations of New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi, um, especially, that anything in the novelizations that contradicted the film were not canon. But for all intents and purposes, the, the novelizations uh, support canon and the new trilogy, Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and whatever episode nine is going to be titled, their novelizations absolutely are canon. And that's straight from Pablo Hidalgo. So, guys, you can go back and you can watch the tape. Do not reference Wikipedia. Wikipedia is not authoritative. Darth Maul, son of Dathomir, is a Dark Horse comic. It is not canon. Do not argue with me. It, it is the edict from Lucasfilm. They said very specifically, August, 20, August 2014 forward. And that meant the Marvel Comics, which rebooted the comic Star Wars universe. And that came at, those started coming out in January of 2015. That means that the, the Dark Horse material, all of it, not some of it, all of it, is now Legends. And that includes that Darth Maul one-shot. And, and if you want to argue with me, you're wrong. Anyway, the first book in August was A New Dawn, introducing you know the backstory of Kanan Jarrus and Hera from Rebels, Followed by Tarkin was the second one. And then everything since then in comic form and game form. And, of course, on television with Rebels and, and in the films is official canon. Well, the problem that so many fans have with that is they had invested themselves in the expanded universe. And I get it. Look... I would love, love, love nothing more than for Talon Card, Mara Jade, the Nogri, Yi Salamari to be part of canon. Here's the good thing. They're not currently. But here's the good thing. Kathleen Kennedy left the door open for any of those elements to be pulled back into canon. And Dave Filoni has done a great job on Rebels doing that. He brought Thrawn into the series, made him official canon, and other elements from the expanded universe have been brought back and re-canonized. So the door is wide open. Have we seen Mara Jade yet? No. Uh, was I disappointed that in The uh, Force Awakens and Last Jedi that Leia isn't flanked by Nogri bodyguards? Yes. However, Lucasfilm, if you're listening to me, that's easy to fix. That's really easy to fix. You can pull a George Lucas and add them digitally in the special editions. Please, 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 I beg you do this. Uh, 
See, and here's the deal. That's all Lucasfilm had to do, is is just give the EU a few nods. Now, they did it with Ben Solo, Kylo Ren. Um, you know, in the expanded universe, it's Ben Skywalker, and you had Jason and Jaina and Anakin Solo. They're no longer characters. Um, so we're not going to see them. And, and because they were so encumbered with such a huge mythos and backstory, it was impossible for Lucasfilm to, to carry them over as characters. It, it was just, it couldn't be done. And I fully understand and support that. However, some of the other minor characters that don't have that baggage, like Mara Jade and Talon Card, can easily be ported over and introduced. And they still might be. We have a, another half season of Rebels. We have another movie, a um, couple of anthologies. It is entirely possible that we could see you know, Talon Card as a character in the Han Solo anthology film. As a matter of fact, I, I like to think that the Master Codebreaker in in uh, The Last Jedi, in the casino at Canto Bight, is Talon Card. We're never given his name. He's just called the Master Codebreaker. But if you look at him, he fits the physical description of Talon Card. I think he is. And until someone tells me he's not, I'm going to believe that and I'm going to be happy in that use of of expanded universe uh, characterization. Now, you just got to add the Nagri in digitally and all I want is a mention of Mara Jade. You don't even have to show her. I just want her name said. That That's all. And that would make fans happy and end all of the controversy. Now, the second half of the controversy is that all of a sudden we've got in... You know, the, the, the expanded universe is done away with. And then fans are upset about that. They're, they're butthurt over that. And then in The Last Jedi, you've got Luke Skywalker using these incredible force powers that have never been demonstrated before. And lo and behold, this week, Ryan Johnson posts pictures on his Twitter account of where those concepts came from. They're from the expanded universe, from the book The Jedi Path. Does that mean the entire Jedi Path is now canon? Uh, no, but at least Luke's force ability to create a doppelganger of himself thousands of light years away now is canon. And we see Leia using force abilities, and people are like, well, we've never seen that in a movie before, blah, 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 blah. Well, guys, how many years... 20, 30 years have passed since Return of the Jedi. 40 years. I don't know how long it is between those movies. And and you don't think Leia has at least trained, maybe not become a full Jedi, but at least a partial Jedi. I mean, the book Bloodline, all it says is, yeah, I learned a few tricks. It doesn't really go into you know, the extent of her training. And I submit to you that in The Force Awakens, she says as much that she does have her Jedi abilities because when she's talking about Kylo Ren, she says, I wanted Luke to train him. But she doesn't say it just like, I wanted Luke to train him because she says, I wanted Luke to train him. And she emphasizes Luke. Why? Who else would have trained Kylo Ren? Who else would have trained Ben Solo? 
if not for Luke, it would have had to been Leia or maybe another Jedi. But I think she's talking about herself. And here's why. For those of you without kids, you won't understand. But if you have kids, you understand this. Trying to teach your kids skills and lessons is near impossible. They don't want to listen to you. They don't want to follow you. And so it's a nightmare situation. So when it came time to train Ben Solo, Leia felt like it would be better if she didn't do it, but it'd be Luke. I wanted Luke to train Ben. So we see her use force abilities. Total badass Leia. I loved it. I loved it. And in the expanded universe, again, in the expanded universe, Leia was more powerful than Luke. She was a badass Jedi. And again, Ryan Johnson is pulling in elements of the expanded universe and fans get their panties in a bunch. Guys, I this is my this is my last point and then I got to go. <sighs> this is not your story. These are not your characters. Let the makers tell the story they want to tell. Sit back and enjoy it for what it is. It is fantasy for for 12-year-old boys. Enjoy it, love it, and may the force be with you. That's all I got to say about that. I've said a lot in my rant, and if you agree with me, send me an email uh, directly to me, bigdaddycool at bigdaddycoolshows.com. You can uh, follow me online at BigDaddyCoolShows.com. Click the social media icon of your choice to follow me. And while you're at it, if you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, go to those formats and post a review. Give us a five-star review. Make it good for Tales from the Flipside and the Diesel Punk Podcast. And that would be great. Share this with your friends, especially with your Star Wars fans. Uh, Star Wars fans, friends, and uh, let them know uh, or, or, you know, tune them into to, to what I'm talking about. Anyway, I, I feel like I'm in rambling. Hopefully this all makes a lot of sense. Before I leave, make sure you connect with our sponsor, Swap.com. That's Swap.com slash Flipside40. Get 40% off and free shipping. And, of course, check out our other great sponsors, MagicSubscriptionBox.com, promo code BDCMagic, and Comic Bento, a mystery box of comics in your mailbox every month at MyComicBento.com. Your patronage of those sponsors help keep us going. And while you're at it, if you like the shows we do, whether they be on audio or video or live on stage or the books I write, Drop a tip in our digital tip jar at patreon.com slash shows. Tell us how much you enjoy the shows. Patreon.com slash shows.com. All right, guys and gals, that is it for me. I need to cruise out of here. Until the next time, swing hard, swing often. We'll catch you on the flip side.